It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app on this Friday. That is Anthony Haney in the producer's chair after Essig. Man, he really had to tough it out yesterday, those 28 minutes of show that we had, Anthony. Good gracious. I feel for him, man. I gave him a nice pat on the back because I know he put in so much hard work um, after his shift, and uh, I'm glad he was able to you know, sit in for me. Yeah, I mean, we did we we did a mailbag, okay, um, which was kind of fun. Honestly, we should we should pocket the mailbag idea, and I think we should try to do it like once a quarter. You know, there's not going to be a. I don't think we're going to have 30 minute shows very often. Um, it's just the way the schedule works, like college hoops, maybe NCAA tournament time, but even then, like we're probably going to be like if we're carrying the games, we're carrying them all day. It's just, I guess, well, do we have the full tournament or do we have? like a Maryland game that happens to be at three or at two o'clock, you know, if that's the case, then maybe we got to do a, a six to or six thirty to seven or something like that. Who knows? But summertime fall, we, we just have to pick a day. We're like, you want to know what? Maybe we do it on the bye week every year. And then we pick a, we pick a, a summer something and we once a quarter we do a mailbag, and we can do it. We only did thirty minutes yesterday because that's all we have. But we could do an hour mailbag. All right, I'm with it. Just like total non, like sports, non sports, whatever. Just how you feeling? What do you yeah. want to talk about? We could we could do. I mean, yesterday was kind of we thought of it in the morning, so we just put out for some tweets, and we got a couple. But we could plan ahead. Like we could say, hey, we're gonna do the mailbag on Friday, and we're gonna we let people like leave voicemails. Like we could set up like a Google voicemail box. Like we could do all kinds of stuff. So. We'll put our heads together on that. All right. um, but that was fun. I'm glad that we did that. That was a good time. Um, however, there was actually like some interesting stuff that happened yesterday in terms of commanders. Eric Bieniemy um, said some interesting things in the press conference. We'll get to that coming up in about 10 minutes. But we always start the show on Friday asking what's at stake, Anthony. And I'm afraid that what's at stake for the commanders is their last win of the season. I'm afraid that the very high percentage chance of them getting a top three pick in the loaded top heavy 2024 NFL draft could slip through their fingers. Thanks to Trevor Simeon and the New York jets being the worst offensive team in the league. Imagine what you think the commanders are on defense, which their number 32 and, Almost every category. Like, the commanders are very bad defensively. In fact, let's do a, let's do a little research, shall we? Let's, let's go to ESPN.com slash NFL slash stats. The old statistical things. We want defensive stats. We want yards allowed. You know who's given up the most yards this year? The commanders. That is correct. And now everyone's played the same amount of games except for, like, the Rams and, um, and the Saints, who they played last night, uh, which, by the way, we didn't make a pick in that game, which is unfortunate because I definitely would have picked the Rams. Yeah, I would have picked the Rams as well. All right, then we're just giving ourselves wins for that one. That's not that's not hindsight. That's for real. I think anyone who's listening to the show knows big Rams guys hate the Saints. I placed a bet on the Rams. Oh, well, you really got it. Yeah. Uh, did they cover? They wound up covering last night? Yeah, yeah but I did. did a parlay. and um, Did not did not hit your parlay. The Lakers let me down. Oh. Yeah. Won't be the first time. Nope. Won't be the last. Uh, passing yards given up. Who's given up the most passing yards this year? 
That'd be your Washington Commanders. Not by much, though. Tampa Bay Bucks nipping at their heels. Wow. Uh, less than a yard per game. Uh, rushing yards given up on the season. The Commanders are actually middle of the pack. Really? Hey now. Yeah, they've given up uh, about 1,600, a uh, little, little less than 1,700 rushing yards. That is good for 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12th worst in the league. So that's what, 20th? Yeah. And then points, yeah, they're, they're terrible. They're, they're giving up over four points per game more than the next worst team. Or almost four points per game. 26.9. Uh, the Cardinals are giving up. The Commanders are giving up 30.2 points per game. So there's a couple of categories where they're not the worst. Um, if you want the worst at everything, the, so, Anthony, pop quiz time for you. The Jets, or the Dolphins, have the most yards gained this year. Uh, they have 5,797 yards. The Jets are the worst. How much? 5,797 is the Dolphins' number. 5,797. What do you think the, the Jets have? I think the Jets are about 3,100. Okay, they're not that bad. They're right. thirty-five seventy-one. Wasn't too far off. No, they are over twenty-two or about twenty-two hundred yards behind the Dolphins. It's insane. One hundred and fifty yards a game. Passing yards per game. Um, the good news for them is they're not the worst. The Giants are averaging one hundred and fifty passing yards a game. The Jets are averaging one seventy. They're third worst. The Panthers are in between. And despite how much talent they have at the running back position, the Jets are also the third worst uh, rushing team in the league behind Las Vegas and Cincinnati. That is by about 19 yards. Uh, they are 1,191 rushing yards on the year. The commanders have rushed for 180 yards more than they have. Uh, but if you go uh, points, they are also the third worst, 201, 14.4 points per game. So they are bottom three in every major statistical category. Literally every single one. They are terrible. Because notice, like, the team, you know, they're the worst or third worst passing, third worst rushing. The teams ahead of them are, like, middle of the pack, which is why the Jets are the worst yardage team in the league. They are pitiful offensively to me the only way the commanders lose this game is luckily if you're rooting for them to lose and get a higher draft pick two things that they're very capable of they have to give up explosive plays garrett wilson and Brees hall your guys most likely to get them although they got a couple other guys that can score it too um and then they have to turn the football over which whether fumbles or sam's recent interception streak if that continues jets absolutely win this game and there's, you know, a 40 to 50% chance that that actually happens. But, but if the commanders just like keep it on the tracks, I think they can score twice and that's going to be enough. Like this has 13, 10 game written all over it. I don't, I don't know how they get there. Maybe Trevor Simeon throws a pick six. Maybe the commanders only score one touchdown. 
Maybe they score a couple. Maybe they score zero offensive touchdowns and they score a couple of field goals because Jets' defense is nasty. But that could like again, thirteen ten game written all over it. This has got to be one of the lowest over or like totals that the NFL has seen in recent memory. I'm actually going to look it up right now. I actually don't know what the number is. Anthony, if you were if you were guessing the total for this game, the over under number, what do you think it would be? My guess is like twenty eight. I think that's a little too low. I will probably go 34. Wow, it is. Am I seeing this right? Total 37 and a half. Mm, I was thinking 38, but I didn't want to give either offense too much respect. So that's why I said that's like a 20 to 18 game, 20 to 17 type of game. Yeah, but the commander's defense is so bad. So we're going to give up some points regardless. Like Brees Hall, he's probably going to have a 50 yard run. Um, they're going to kick some field goals. We're probably going to throw a pick six. So Maybe. Uh, th- there's going to be some scoring. There's going to, they're going to move the ball. We'll probably hold them to a lot of field goals. I think we'll move the ball, but the Jets defense, I, I like the Jets defense. They're just always on the field. Though. I mean, That's you should thing. like the Jets defense. They're, they're like the fifth best or top five defense in the league. Yeah. They're nasty. Quinton Williams is nasty. And by the way, Nick Gates is back. Because uh, Tyler Larson's out. Charles Leno's out. I don't know how much at this point Char- Charles Leno to Cornelius Lucas is that much of a drop-off. Um, they do a little bit. I think Corn is maybe even a better pass protector. Charles is a better like run blocker. Um, but Corn's a good football player. Um, you got Leno. James Smith-Williams is back this weekend, which is nice. But you got no B-Rob. So if, you know, EB actually does want to run the football a little bit, it probably would be nice if you had your number one back. Because last week... I think that would have been a, a good formula based off how the Rams were playing. And Chris Rodriguez had 10 carries and Gibson had four. So yeah. I think Hold it's on also, to your butts, kids. I think it's also a little more unpredictable with B-Rock just because Chris Rodriguez doesn't go out for routes. Not, not nearly as much. No. Yeah. Um, which is why Gibson would be my number one back. But hey, what do I know? I'm just a guy who watched him rush for a thousand <laughs> yards in 2021. <laughs> or whatever year that was that he rushed for a 1,000. Uh, when we get back, Eric Bieniemy yesterday, pretty interesting on Sam Howell and some of the struggles he's been having as of late. A much more candid Eric Bieniemy. You'll hear some of it next on the Hoffman Show on the Team 980 and always live on the free Odyssey app. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. So yesterday, Eric Bieniemy had his weekly Thursday press conference uh, that is, you know, typically full of cliches and not that interesting. And it's coach speak. It is what it is. Um, there's been times this year that I thought it, he said some some quasi interesting things or sometimes that I'm like just bored by the cliches. And I think it's very silly and it's not actually helping Eric be insightful or sound like he's on top of it. It just sounds like he's talking. And what I think is interesting is Eric always gives an opening statement uh, before he gets going. And yesterday, he actually, in his opening statement, actually, Anthony, we didn't talk about this in the break, but can you do you have the opening statement pulled up? I know you got everything right there. So I'll, I'll set this up, which should give you enough time to, to open the file real quick. But Eric seems like he's been talking to some friends and mentors and uh, other people, as as you always do during a season and, and during life uh, as, as a human being. And it sounds like some of them maybe gave him a little bit of advice on how he was approaching these Thursday press conferences. And it ultimately made for a more interesting press conference, starting with said opening statement. 
since I was in college. So first and foremost, I want to apologize for my language I've used at times. And he just reminded me of, of, of the status that I'm in and on top of that, just the people and the crowd that, that you can have a major influence with. And so you just want to make sure that you're always presenting it and presenting yourself the right way, but always being a leader of men. So first and foremost, let me apologize for that. Second of all, all right, obviously, uh, getting back to our business, we're not playing very well right now. But one thing that I do appreciate, guys are playing hard. We're just not executing. It's not a lack of effort. We just need to play better. And when we're playing pretty good collectively as one unit, we have a chance. We haven't quite given ourselves the best opportunity over the past few weeks. So we got to continue chopping wood. We got to continue addressing those issues. And we got to continue making sure that our guys are going out there and executing exactly what we want. All right. So with that said, I'm he's all ears. That's uh, that's his his statement. Um, I appreciate that a lot from EB. And I, I you know, now I'm, I feel inspired by Eric to, to make something clear. Um, I have been critical of EB because we see offense differently. Um, and he's a professional Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator. I'm a guy who hosts a radio show. I I understand where I sit in that equation. Um, and I'm not the guy with the resume and I'm not the guy who does it. I just, I, I do think though that sometimes NFL people get caught in the weeds and it becomes harder to see a big picture of philosophy level stuff where those of us that are watching from the outside can keep our eyes on the ultimate prize a little bit better because we're not caught up in the details it takes to actually make achieving that happen. So that is what it is. But I've never doubted Eric's character. Um, and I have heard, like, of course, I've heard the same stuff that everyone else has heard in terms of how hard he grinds people. And I do think that that's something that at times has probably crossed a line. Um, whether it's coaches or players and some of the stuff that came in the ESP or came out in the ESPN story. Like I've, I've heard those things. And, and I do think that that is um, something that he probably, if he's going to be a head coach in the future, or if he goes somewhere else, like should look at, how do I get the best out of people? It's not by grinding them into the ground, but I don't think it comes from a place of malice. And I do think that Eric is ultimately responsible in a way for his own actions that a lot of people in the NFL are not. I do think he takes ownership. I do think he cares. I do think he is a genuinely good person. And there's not a lot of people around. I don't say there's not a lot of people around the NFL. There's tons of great, great men, great women, great people in the NFL. Um, but it's not as common as it should be. And I think Eric deserves that credit um, as someone who takes accountability, not just for his professional uh, approach, but for his personal approach. So I... I feel good about saying that uh, and having the opportunity to say that, um, even if I wish he would get the ball to Terry McLaurin more as a focus and would run the football to take some off of Sam's plate and all these schematic, purely professional disagreements uh, of how he sees the game and is approaching it and the things that I think as a radio host would and, and as an analyst would be more successful based off of things that I've seen and the, the way that my football philosophy has been shaped over covering this league for the last decade. So there's that. As for what he went on to say in the press conference, I thought this was super interesting um, when discussing Sam Howell specifically um, in terms of the coaching points that they're giving Sam after seeing uh, 
Jacoby Brissett come in and have the success that he had last week as a veteran who's seen a lot more in this league than Sam? Okay. Well, first and foremost, and I'll say this, it's always better to be decisive than to be right. Because if you're decisive with the football, guess what? Your chances are that you're probably right. That just means that you're not second-guessing yourself. All right? Uh, I remember this with Pat at once upon a time. You know, uh, <laughs> Pat at times could see ghosts out there. And, you know, hey, it's one thing. And, and then he's, he's, he was thinking that, hey, you know what? Well, he could have jumped this. Well, that wasn't the case. So I'm seeing that with Sam. And sometimes you can overthink something simple. And for whatever reason, I've never played the position. It happens. And it's unfortunate that it happens. But the thing that he needs to continue to do is continue working through it, okay, and continue trusting his gut and his instinct and all the fundamentals that he's been taught. And so he's put that on display yesterday, and he's put that on display so far today. So, like I said, it's better to be decisive than to be wrong, okay? And so that's the major thing that I think moving forward that he's really starting to gain a complete understanding of. If if he does that, then I do think that he's got a chance in this league because I think one of the areas where Sam really struggles right now is throwing with anticipation and trust. And those two things obviously go together. You have to trust that if you let this ball go, even though there's not a direct line from you to the receiver right now, the receiver is going to get there. A defender is not. And, and the coaching point that you were given is going to lead to you being successful. And there's no better example in the Rams game than the, the, the out route that uh, Jacoby throws to Jahan Dotson. Sam never throws that ball. Like, you have to understand the receiver's got this specific speed cut or whatever it was uh, on the specifics of the route. I actually don't remember it in the given moment, the, the, the very detailed specifics of it. And that if the corner or the safety or whoever it is, the linebacker, the flat player that you're reading is inside a certain landmark or did not do this thing off the snap, that you can throw it. And it's a hard thing to trust because especially for a guy that's thrown a bunch of pick sixes on outbreaking routes, I don't know that he trusts that stuff right now. And so I think that's that is a, a really great thing that happened on Sunday is like Jacoby rips that ball and Sam can see, oh no, okay, in our offense to that guy against this coverage, that'll work. And so I, I think that, you know, it's tough because you want him to be decisive and sometimes he might rip a ball and if he's wrong and it picks six, like EB's gotta say, like, hey, that was that's okay, guy made a play. Or like, hey man, that was good job being decisive, but you made the wrong decision and we coached you to do it this way. You got to trust us. And so I think that's, that's a huge development point potentially for the next three games for Sam. If he can build some trust in some of these specifically outbreaking routes, getting the ball to the sidelines, getting the ball to his wide receivers, um, he can make this the whole operation look a lot better and he will up his stock with the next group going into the off season. And, you know, again, the best thing that can happen is Sam Howell turns out to be great. The The next three games show that off, uh, hopefully in a way where they still lose most of them, but he plays really well and shows a good trajectory. 
and you you build up around him and and you you go from there with whether it's a new coach or new GM both likely and probably a new offensive coordinator cuz I would assume they're going to go after an offensive head coach but maybe not maybe EB still here but Sam whether it's in this system or any other has to learn to throw with more trust and anticipation. It's one of the weaknesses in his game. It's something that he didn't really develop well in college either. He had enough arm strength uh, in college and good enough receivers that he could see throws and wait till guys were open and rip it and be fine. It's not how the NFL works. And so it is something that I think is going to be interesting to watch moving forward, starting Sunday against a very good New York Jets defense with some very good DBs, including one of the best five corners in the league in Sauce Gardner. Stoffman Show, we're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. When we get back, let's talk a little hoops. Hoops in the 4 o'clock hour? Oh, hell yeah, let's do it. Um, one, Wizards, a winner last night. How about that? And the stop late by Bilal Kulabali. And uh, they're at the Warriors tonight. We haven't had a chance since this Draymond suspension came down to talk about it. We'll love to next. Stoffman Show on the Team 980 and always live on the free Odyssey app. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. It is a Wizards game day. Uh, we'll be joined by Dave Johnson later on in the show. Uh, right now, a little NBA talk. But first, Anthony, uh, so Friday's home studio, meaning I can go raid my fridge in a commercial break. And I found a drink that I've never had before. Uh-oh. Uh, it's called a Leisure uh, is the brand, Hydration. Okay. They're about to get... A free shout-out, which is good for them, unless I open this can, and this is terrible. So it's like a lemonade. Get the full sound effect going here. It's a lemonade flavor. It's an electrolyte refresher. Non-carbonated, very important when you're doing radio. Mm-hmm. Can't have a carbonated drink. Like, Russell sometimes will have, and he's not the only one. JP will do this sometimes. They'll have, like, the big gulps, 7-Eleven style <laughs> Of some carbonated drink. And I'm like, how do you do a radio show? I have like an ounce of a carbonated beverage. And I'm like, wow. Can't be doing that. I wouldn't do it either. I, I have my water. That, that, that's so what I use to get me yeah, through normally, these Yeah, normally I got my water over here too. But um, let's, let's see how this is. See if it's leisurely on a Friday. The Friday before Christmas. Mm. It's good, ain't it? Good gracious, correct? That's all right. I give it like a a seven out of ten, seven and a half out of ten. It's solid. Like it could be. It's drinkable. It's definitely drinkable. Okay. It's a little. It's it's got some saltiness to it. Salty. Which tracks because it's a it's like an electrolyte drink. I'm like, where's the sodium content? Actually, it doesn't have that much sodium in it. Twenty five milligrams. It's not bad. It's. It tastes more pure, like pure lemony than like a lemonade. Like it's just not overly sweet. That's right. pretty good. Maybe, maybe I give it an eight out of 10. All right. I'll, I'll leave that to you. Um, I, I don't think I want to, what is it? A non-carbonated drink? Yeah. Yeah. Electrolyte refresher. Yeah. I think I'll, I'll How's stick your water. To... Oh, it's, it's fantastic. Actually, actually what let out me of finish 10? it. What, what out of 10? Uh... 11. Oh, Wow. Is actually uh, immaculate. There's nothing that can compare. Nothing to wrong. It. You wouldn't change it. Nope. All right. Well, uh, cheers, mate. Right out. Wizards won last night. Yeah, we did, baby. Hey, you know, you know what, you know what their record is in their last four games, Anthony? Uh, two and two and one. Two no, and two. two. Oh, two and two. That because was bad math. we got a 
we got to add up and see that the the four games is two plus two is, yeah, yeah, yikes. I, I know uh, we had one two games, but I didn't I didn't hear it. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. We had to go back four. They didn't, yeah. they haven't won two. They're, they won two of their last three. I would have just done that, but you got to go back four games to get the other win. Uh, Tyus Jones playing great ball right now. Uh, he had he had twenty four last night. Kuz leads the way with thirty two. How about Kuz getting to the free throw line ten times? Like. We talk about shot diet with this team a lot, and that's something that I think even just looking at the box score, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend like I stayed up and watched this last night and seen the highlights, etc. Um, but I, game started at ten o'clock. Y'all know me. We ain't we ain't doing that. Um, but but you look at just the shot diet alone, right? Kuz seven threes, ten free throws, can win like that. Uh, by the way, he continues to have a good playmaking year, six assists. Um, you know, Denny Avia. 13 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists. That's that's a great line for him. Um, he gets to the free throw line 7 times as well. And Jordan Poole um, did not have a great shooting night again, but at least goes 5 for 5 from the free throw line and, and has 6 assists with only 3 turnovers. So um, I think what you like to see is the starters finally. Like it used to be when you looked at a Wizards box score, the plus minus for the starters would be minus infinity and the bench would be like plus three. And you're like, Oh, well shoot. If the starters could play better, they, they might be all right this year. Um, and now all of a sudden, unfortunately the bench has not been tremendous. Like Koulibaly last night uh, is, is minus 13, but he's obviously in at the end and is the on ball defender for the last stop of the game. Love to see that. Um, and you know, they're, they're figuring it out how to play together as, as the starting unit. And I think that's encouraging. Um, it, obviously they still have problems defensively. They give up 117 to a Blazers team that's not the best offensive team. Um, they give up 41 to Anthony Simons because they don't have anybody that can stop a good guard, um, which good luck tonight against that Curry fella. Um, but some encouraging things. For the Wizards. Meanwhile, for the Warriors, one of the biggest stories, obviously, in the NBA is the Draymond Green suspension. And Anthony, one thing that I was struck by in the aftermath of this is how everybody was talking about it. It really feels like Draymond's going through something. Like Draymond has always played with an edge. Draymond has always played with a recklessness that I think is problematic. I and I love Draymond Green as a basketball player. Like, have defended him. There's always been an explanation or a rationale for the each incident of his in isolation. You know, he's protecting his teammate and he took it too far in the, in the Rudy Gobert situation. You know, did he really understand how much danger he was putting LeBron in, in the finals ridiculous um, and, and warranted perhaps suspension, but you can at least explain it and that you can have a rational argument about a lot of these I think what was so perfect in a terrible way about this latest incident with him that ultimately gets him suspended indefinitely with Yusuf Nurkic is it's very clear that he didn't mean to do it. But that's never been the point. It's never been about the intent. It's about Draymond being reckless and not caring enough if he hurts somebody. And that the fact that he very clearly didn't mean to you know, he apologized afterwards. He apologized personally to Nurkic. He apologized publicly. He's like, look, I won't apologize for stuff I did on purpose. I did not mean to do it. 
It's just like, you can't act like this. You have to be more cognizant of your surroundings. You have to be more cognizant of who you are. You have to be more cognizant of the damage you can do physically to other people. And he is going to hopefully learn that lesson. And that's the lesson that Draymond, if he hadn't learned it long ago, before the 2016 finals, LeBron never has the chase down block because the Warriors win that series and Draymond doesn't get suspended. Um, and I, I think that like, that's, that's part of it. And then you get to like, what are the Warriors right now? And very clearly they're still capable of winning at a very high level. They beat the Celtics the other night in part because Steph Curry is still capable of winning games on his own. But I do think that the Warriors have reached this dreaded point where they might have to make really tough decisions. Draymond's under contract. I don't know who if trading him like for what. Clay is in a contract year. He's playing not very well right now. Started to turn around a little bit, I think, as of late. I haven't checked uh, in the last like two three days. Yeah. Um, but like last week, he started to shoot better. Um, but uh, you know this this trio that has never died. All of a sudden, is this is this it? Um, and they have some tough decisions ahead. Do they try to sacrifice Kevon Looney for uh, someone else? But the problem is, is like either you have a young player that you're hoping can pan out and all you'd probably be doing is trading them for another young player who you're hoping fits, or you are trading a piece that's helped you win a championship in the last three years. And do you really want to give up on that piece right now if, if you're trying to maximize your championship window with Steph Curry? They're in a weird spot. Weird, weird, weird spot. Yeah, they are. Um, and I think Steph Curry, he's acknowledged uh, where they are. And it seems as though, you know, things are like trying to, you know, take a turn a little bit. They still, you know, they've won a couple of games without Draymond. So it's going to be weird, you know, what to do once he gets back. But um, I just feel as though I don't think Draymond was necessarily holding him back. But the fact that he's in and out of the lineup consistently, that does affect, you know, the the momentum that they could be building um, with these wins and things of that nature. So I, they, they're they in a tough situation because I think you, 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 you need Draymond. Like, he's an important piece. But, like, his inactivity and his inab- his unavailability um, – doesn't necessarily help help them in this situation right now. So, I mean, it would be incredibly ironic, um, but also honestly, the best thing that could happen to the Warriors is: Do you remember how Draymond kind of got started in in Golden State? Like how he became a starter and a guy. I don't know how he st- got started. So second round pick, he was going to yeah. be a very late in the rotation, might not even play every night type of guy as David Lee's backup. Lee was big time player. They had signed from New York. Mm-hmm. David Lee gets hurt. Draymond gets pulled into emergency duty. He unlocks everything. He's a great defender. All of a sudden, their defense—they're switching everything. They change up their whole their whole game plan. They become the best defensive team in the league. He's the perfect pick and roll. You know, not even pick and roll. Perfect offensive maestro, point forward type, to let Steph and Clay run all over the place and then find them and screen set and all that kind of stuff. Well, what if? this is the thing that unlocks Jonathan Kaminga. Like what if all of a sudden Kaminga finally turns the corner because he has to, because he's the starter and you know, he's 17 and seven the other night against the Celtics. Like 
you look at, at him during this three-game winning streak. So the Warriors lost, I mean, earlier this year they lost one, two, three, four, five, six in a row, and seven of eight with your only win coming against the Pistons. Then they started to kind of win-loss, 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 lost three in a row, Draymond gets suspended, they've won three in a row. In those three games, like, some guys have stepped up. Clay has 28 in one of those games. Um, and that was a game, by the way, against Portland where Steph scored in single digits, which never happens. Um, but Kaminga, another 12 points in 19 minutes in that one. But Wiggins finally played well. Wiggins has had a terrible year, but he 20, he's 25 points in that game. And then the first one that got it started against the Nets for them, um, you know, they have Kaminga, 10 points, four rebounds, two assists. You know, he's only playing about 20 minutes, but if he can start to get going a little bit more. Uh, but Clay, again, 24 points uh, on four of nine from three. So if this is the thing that gets Clay going, or this is the thing that gets Kaminga going, or pulls Wiggins out of the funk because all of a sudden they need him more, like this could save the Warriors in a lot of ways. Um, but obviously we'll see tonight. Uh, plenty of scoring opportunities abound because they face the old Zardos. When we get back, we'll preview the rest of the weekend, college bowl games, other NBA action. Uh, we'll do a full Christmas Day NBA preview at 6.30 tonight. Dave Johnson, 6.15. Uh, Take Command coming up at the top of the hour. Really interesting discussion on the Commander's receivers. So we got plenty of Hoffman shows still to go on this Friday on the Team 980. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Take command at the top of the hour. Uh, we'll give you a, a little bit of our conversation with Matt Harmon from Reception Perception, who joined us to talk about Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson's season uh, so far and kind of his thoughts on Eric Bieniemy's offense and Sam Howell's play. Um, Reception Perception is a very cool podcast where they focus just on wide receivers and try to isolate their play. Um, also a website like Matt um, charts the top receivers in the league and is like, how often do you win versus man coverage? How often do you line up at X versus Z versus this versus that? And it led to a really fascinating conversation because he watches so many of the top guys and can really make a comparison in a ways that a lot of other national analysts can't because they're focused on a million things. He, he really narrows it down and, and can compare team to team um, schematically and, and quarterback wise what these receivers have faced this year and if they've actually regressed or is it just a regression in production. So that's coming up at the top of the hour. Time now, though, for our weekend preview. Anthony, brought to you by... Nobody, Craig. Yeah. 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 But it is a football Friday. It is a football Friday, and that is brought to you by your local Honda dealer. Bang, bang. Yes, sir. Thank you for that reminder. Um, so... Obviously, there's a bunch of NBA action this weekend, a uh, ton of NFL action this weekend. We'll go around the NFL coming up at 5.30. But, Anthony, pop quiz time! I'm going to name a bowl game. Mm, I'm ready. I Easy work. I want you to tell me who – I want you to tell me where it is. Like, where is it going to be played? Okay. Um, the first one, this is going to be kind of hard. Uh, let's see if I can, I can figure out a way what Troy and Duke are playing in a bowl game. Yeah. It is being played at protective stadium. Yep. 
What bowl is it? What you mean, what bowl? Like, what's, what's the name, the of, the name of the bowl game? This one I have to do backwards. Oh, I thought I'll you were explaining to you wanted me to. Oh, uh, probably in Florida. No, it's it's the it's in Birmingham, Alabama. It's called the Birmingham Bowl. So that one really that one really ruined our game here. Yeah, I couldn't say the Birmingham Bowl. Where is it? Like I can with this one. Alabama, Arkansas, Arkansas State, and Northern Illinois are playing in the Camellia Bowl. Anthony, where is the Camellia Bowl? South Carolina. Nope, that is Crampton. Uh, it's uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's it's in Montgomery, Alabama. Okay, so two in Alabama so far. All right. I'm, yeah. Also, uh, this list. I, actually, on. hold on. I got I got to go to a different a different way of doing this because the 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 setup of how that list was on ESPN.com was terrible. Yeah, we had the, the Crampton Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama. Oh yeah, it's in Alabama. <laughs> so I'm one for one, right? I mean, uh, I'm one no. for two. No. Okay. Um, it's a Crampton Bowl. That's the stadium. The Camellia Bowl is the actual bowl game. Okay, that makes more sense now. Okay, we have the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, because of course we do. The Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl between James Madison, JMU in the house, and Air Force. Where is the Armed Forces Bowl, Anthony? Lockheed Martin. It's on the East Coast, right? No. It's not on the East Coast. No. Okay. It's in Alabama. No, it's not. Am I close? No, not really. Tennessee. I mean, kind of not really. Tennessee. No. It's it's on the campus of TCU at Amon G. Carter Stadium in Fort Worth, Texas. Oh, I definitely wasn't getting that one. Yeah. All right. Uh we got we got this one. This I one. Gotta get one. Get. Good gracious. The famous Idaho potato bowl between Georgia State and Utah State. Idaho. Yeah. It's in Boise. Yes, sir. It's, what color is the turf there? Blue. There you go. Hey. Yes, sir. That was easy. All right. Um, South Alabama and Eastern Michigan play in the 68 Ventures Bowl. Where? 68 Ventures Bowl. Yeah, I'm guessing this, that's some venture capital company. This given New Mexico. No. Am I close? No. Oklahoma. No. Montana. No, it's a state that we've named already. Tennessee. No. Alabama. Bro, there are three bowl games in Alabama this weekend. It's in Alabama? It's in Mobile, Alabama at Hancock-Whitney Stadium. Wow. I was in Mobile before. We got got games in Mobile, Montgomery, and Birmingham this weekend. Wow. Alabama, really the home of college football. I see. All right. uh, One of the better ones, uh, Utah Northwestern. In the SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl. Anthony, where's this one? Las Vegas, Nevada. It's at Allegiant Stadium. All yes, right. Sir. And last but not least, uh, this one also also should be pretty easy. Coastal Carolina, San Jose State are playing in the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl. You said Hawaii Bowl? I sure did. It's in Honolulu, Hawaii. That it is at the Clarence T.C. Ching Athletics Complex in Honolulu, Hawaii. That was a complete guess. I didn't have another city in Hawaii. I don't know one, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, you do. Name another city in Hawaii. Couldn't tell you. Maui? That is a good one, yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right, name now, if you one. want a third one, now, now we're <laughs> Honolulu, Maui, Oahu. That's the, no, that's the island. There's probably a, no, there's a city of Oahu, too. We should stop talking before 
people to realize we're not that smart. We, we do, we, we are start start about smart about sports. So that's, that's really what you come for. Uh, is there anything else on your radar this weekend, Anthony? Uh, uh, I will be watching Deontay Wilder face off against Joseph mm. Parker, and then Anthony Joshua will be fighting Otto Wallen. And then, yeah, so I'll be watching some boxing this weekend. Gotcha. Uh, tonight, uh, Hoops, Georgetown, Marquette, 7 o'clock on FS1. Uh, Marquette, big favorites in that one. They're the number six team in the country. Let's see, what else we got? Uh, Saturday, December 23rd, uh, we got Arizona, Florida, Atlantic college hoops. Uh, that should be a good one. St. John's UConn always gets funky. Uh, and then Sunday on Christmas Eve, you got a whole bunch of, uh, tournament play out there in Hawaii. So, um, got some more on that front in terms of holiday hoops. Always a good time, uh, around this time of year all right uh that is our weekend preview brought to you by nobody correct yeah it's brought to you by nobody but that's okay that means it's available for sponsorship send us an email if you'd like to sign up uh we get back take command on a friday uh will serve as not my beat have terry mclaren and jahan dotson actually regressed as players are they just not getting the ball? Uh, that is a question that Matt Harmon of Reception Perception has studied, and you'll hear our conversation with him next.